Welcome to Bowling Springs Baptist Church, where we learn and grow together in Christ. We now join the church in worship. Good morning. Good to see each one of you on this beautiful day. And uh, always want to welcome visitors and those that are perhaps with us for the first time. You'll find something in the pew rack there. Just fill that out. We always like to respond to your visit with us and hope that you'll come back and be with us. If you would just put that in the offering plate, that information about yourself, that would be good. Um, um, Wesley is uh, preaching at another church this morning. A friend called him, was going to be called out uh, unexpectedly and asked if he would preach for him. So he's, that's, he's at Lilly Memorial. So we'll be thinking about him. That's where he is this morning. Um, uh, just a reminder, I think these things are in your bulletin. You may check and see, but to feed the flock is next Sunday, and you are familiar with what that is. That will be right after the worship service. Uh, there will be a senior adult rally March 26 here at Boiling Springs, um, 8.30 to 12.30 here at our church. Um, there's a note here that he also put that uh, nursery workers are needed. Maybe we got more children here and uh, need, need some help with them. So if you are willing to work in the nursery and help us with the nursery, please let us know. Also keep in mind uh, that there is a baby shower today. I think the names are in the bulletin here uh, at our church today. Um, this is a special service as we ordained Julie Daves to the ministry of deacon. And uh, you will see this reflected in the worship service. Um, uh, you will notice uh, right after I am through with these announcements, Katie Ruth Dixon is going to give the invocation. Katie Ruth was uh, the first female deacon elected in this church. I think the date they gave me was 1976. Is that right? Nope. But <laughs> you're the first one. You were the first one. So I, we feel that it would be very appropriate for lead, her to lead in prayer today. Uh, also, Roger Humphreys is coming as a deacon chairman to give a reflection on deacon ordination, the meaning of this time. And we have some other special things in the service today. Teresa Heffelfinger is singing for us and so forth. So I think it'll be a good service today as we have this special recognition. So uh, Katie Ruth, if you'd come and... Let us pray. Our Father, this is a day of thanksgiving. We thank Thee for Your blessings to us. We thank Thee for this church for the witness it has been through the years, for all the ministers and staff members who have gone before, we thank Thee. Today is a day of praise. We praise You for who You are and for all of the blessings You have bestowed upon us. Today is a day of dedication we come dedicating ourselves as we ordain Julie Days, as she dedicates herself to service as a deacon in this church. And as a congregation, we dedicate ourselves to uphold her and the other members of, the, of deacons. Guide us throughout this service and continue to bless us, we ask in thy name. Amen. It's an honor to be here this morning. It really is. Uh, when Jim asked me to speak about just a little bit about what deacons are, I thought of this. I think I'm going to tell you what I think deacons are not and then what they should be. Somewhere along the line in Baptist churches, we sort of developed a uh, business model for looking at deacons, uh, sort of like you're a board of directors. We even sometimes get called Board of Deacons. That's probably not a very good way to describe what deacons do. Deacons, uh, certainly in this church, and I guess in most Baptist churches, have a role where they are involved in a lot of things that go on in the church. 
whether it's the building and grounds, whether it's finances, personnel, all of those things, deacons have a leadership role in that quite often. But what deacons are not, deacons are not the governing body of this church. The ministerial staff is not, and we're not. The congregation governs a Baptist church. When uh, our our pastor search committee finds that person they want to recommend to us, they may bring him or her by the deacons to look at, but we don't decide. The congregation decides in a Baptist church how the church operates. Now, what we should be, uh, Baptists could take their direction for deacons from the, I think deacons are first mentioned in the, in the sixth chapter of Acts. And Julie, you're, you'll probably be familiar with this term because they're basically the wait staff. The, uh, what, is, what was going on, the, the disciples, they had actually grown in number, I think, but they were sort of overwhelmed with responsibility. And seven people were brought out to serve as deacons. And they literally waited tables. And it is representative of service to the congregation as a whole. That is, that is fundamentally what deacons should be doing in their practice. When you do that, role models are a good thing to have. In 1976, this church took a bold step forward, a very progressive step forward, in electing Katie Ruth Dixon as, a, as the first female deacon. Since then, we have, uh, we have elected and ordained a number of other women, not as many women as we have men, but we have done a number of women, enough that I wouldn't dare try to name them because I'll forget some of them. But I, I will mention one lady, and in conjunction with Katie Ruth. If you're looking for a role model, there's a good one. And if you'll remember Dorothy Edwards, I think about how she, your dad told me once that he sat in the uh, office at the insurance agency where he could see out the front door and all day long, Dorothy Edwards was going up and down the road doing something for somebody. He said it was tiring to watch her because she was constantly serving other people. What a role model those two people could be for you and they can be for me. It is not gender-related, it's service-related. And that is the, the critical thing. Julie, I, I think you have a couple of things that sort of give you a leg up. You have literally been in this congregation all your life. You were, you were born in this town, you went to school here, you went to college here, you, you have lived here all your life. I'm sure that you have some sense of inadequacy. If you do not have that sense of inadequacy, when you meet with the, your first meeting with the deacons tomorrow night, you'll be the only person in the room who doesn't feel inadequate because we are all inadequate. Uh, I see Bill Elliott sitting behind you, and I'll bet you he would agree with you that you, the sense of inadequacy is not something unusual. So remember that we know you well. We, you were chosen by your congregation because we like you, we respect you, and we trust you. So good leadership will come from you. And the second thing that you have, to, you have going for you, you have another really good role model. Your dad served this church long and well for many, many years. I don't know that he was always right, but when you are... When a, a, something comes up for you, a question among deacons, and you wonder what you should do or what you should say, if you could think about what Sonny might have said or done, you'll probably be pretty close to being accurate most of the time. This church is a better place because your dad was a deacon here. He served us well. And I, I can say that without any reservation whatsoever, and I believe in my heart that in the future, somebody will be able to stand here in where I'm standing now and say that this church is a better place because Julie Days was willing to be a deacon here. So I say God bless you and God bless this congregation.
Would you uh, turn now to hymn number 601? 601, as we sing all three verses, teach me, O Lord, I pray. bow together. Father, we pray that the gifts that we give will come from open hearts. Lord, help us to know that all we have is yours, that you have blessed us beyond measure. Father, may we be a giving church not only in tithes and offerings, but in deed, in word, in action, in involvement. Lord, may our giving be across the board in many different ways. Bless this church. Bless this service. Bless Julie and her work in this church as a deacon. These things we ask in thy name. Amen.
In December of 1989, Mark and I moved to Bullard Springs, and the first person I met was Julie Davis when I came to this church. We quickly became uh, more than best friends. We have been more like sisters through the years. Since then, we've raised our children together. We've done vacation Bible school together. We've camped out behind the church together. Um, Some water days, we've laughed and cried and worried and prayed. I can honestly say that I cannot think of anybody that has more of a servant's heart than Julie Dave's. We've had many yard sales together, trying to piece together a dollar or two here and there. And as a needy family would come by, she would give away more than she would sell. She's always the first one to bake a pie or seven-layer bars or something like that. And I am just very honored to call her my friend and thankful that this church has called her to be a deacon. She is truly a blessing. What if your healing comes through tears? What if a 
As you look in your order for the service, I'm going to be reading some scripture, and then Julie's going to come and give a word of testimony of what the Lord has meant to her and appropriate words for this particular time. Then I'm going to give a charge to her, the things to keep in mind as she starts her years as a deacon. And then we'll have a responsive time and laying on of hands. Roger made mention of the first mention of deacons in the scripture in Acts chapter 6. And the reason why these people were called together. I want to read that scripture. It's probably familiar to most of you. And maybe reflect back a little bit on it when I have the charge time. But Acts chapter 6 verses 1 through 6. Now at this time, while the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint arose on the part of the Hellenistic Jews against the native Hebrews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily serving of food. And the twelve summoned the congregation of the disciples and said, It is not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables, but select from among you, brethren, seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and wisdom, whom we may put in charge of this task. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. And the statement found approval with the whole congregation. <clears throat> and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timian, Parmaeus, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch. And these they brought before the apostles, and after praying, they laid their hands on them. And let me read one more verse because I think it's telling. After the ministry of these deacons that put these kind of upset members back together through ministry and love and kindness, because of their work, verse 7, the word of God kept on spreading and the number of disciples continued to increase greatly in Jerusalem. Julie, if you'll come now and share. I was hoping that a lot of you would forget to move your clocks <laughs> last night. And then the church sent out a reminder, my sister reminded me. Um, then all the choir moved, and I thought, well, maybe they're all leaving, so <laughs> that'll be even better. And I don't know why y'all moved down here. You never do that. Um, thank you, Roger, Teresa, Miss Katie Ruth, Jim, the choir and others who have told me that you're praying for me today. I know that there are so many more of you out there who are so much more qualified than me to be standing here today. I would first like to read one of my favorite scripture verses, Philippians 4, 13. And I'm actually going to be reading from the Bible that was given to me when Bill and I got married in 1983, King James Version by the Women's Missionary Union of our church. Boiling Springs Baptist Church, December 7th, 1983. Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. And then in the New International Version, it reads, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. I really need this verse today. I found out yesterday it was also one of my Aunt Rachel's favorite Bible verses. Didn't know that till Jim told that yesterday at her service. Um, standing up here before you today, it's not the easiest thing for me. My voice gets shaky. Celeste Thurman, where Celeste went, asked me this morning, are you nervous? Yes, Celeste, I'm nervous. So if I pass out, you can come on up here since you've known me all my life. <laughs> And do the rest of this for me. <laughs> um, for those of you who know me, you know I cough a lot. My voice is shaky. They're treating me for asthma. They've taken me off asthma medication, trying to get my voice right. So if I have a coughing spell, 
or whatever. I've got my water here. Those of you also who know me know that I'm very emotional. Um, I even cry at parades sometimes, so go figure. Um, so I'm sure I won't get through today without becoming emotional, so please bear with me. I would first like to say that I can never replace Joel Dobbins as a deacon. I told him several weeks ago that he still had time to reconsider his resignation, that I didn't see it as a conflict of interest that Heidi was now going to be working as our financial secretary. Still don't see it, Joel, so if you want to reconsider, I'll step down. <laughs> In my opinion, Joel is a wonderful example of what a deacon should be. And I don't feel qualified to replace him. But since he wouldn't reconsider, <laughs> I'm here today, very nervous and feeling very inadequate, but willing to serve. <clears throat> when Roger Umpress called me several weeks ago to tell me about Joel's resignation, and to ask if I would be willing to serve the remainder of Joel's term. It was at school, it was a very busy day. I really didn't know why Roger had texted me and said, call me when you get a chance. I was in the middle of making preparations for a field trip for all three of the middle schools where I work to go to education day at Gardner Webb University. I honestly, when I called Roger, told him I didn't even have time to think about um, what he was asking me. Every time I would think about what Roger had asked me, and I told Roger some of my concerns. I said, Roger, I just don't feel adequate. I really don't have time. Elena Bryson and I hadn't even started meeting about vacation Bible school, help a lot with our grandchildren, excuse after excuse after excuse. But the biggest concern I had, and I told Roger was, I just don't feel qualified to do this. I felt very inadequate, and I still do. I told Roger and I told Jim Richardson the same thing. Roger had called me on a Wednesday, and I honestly, every time I think about it that whole weekend, after, even after the field trip was over, um, I thought, what am I gonna say? What am I gonna do? The following Sunday here at our church, February 8th, was Women's Sunday. I still had not called Roger back. All the speakers and soloists that Sunday morning were absolutely wonderful. The whole service was very meaningful. But when Hannah Poe started talking about her mission trip with her husband and her family and some other people several years ago, she spoke about her feelings of inadequacy. She talked about being on the plane that morning and asking herself, why am I on this plane? What can I do? She talked about being with her husband who had his divinity uh, school degree, others on the trip who would be doing construction jobs, computer gurus, and she just didn't know why in the world she was on that plane. I knew exactly how she felt. It's exactly how I was feeling. It's probably why I had not called Roger back. Me, serving as a deacon with men and women who know the Bible so much better than me, who are good at making decisions. I'm not. My family would tell you I can't even choose a paint color for a while. <laughs> um, People who know a lot about finances in our church. People who are wonderful at visiting, checking on their deacon families. But then Hannah, as she continued to talk, talked about getting off the plane on that mission field, still not knowing what she was going to do and how she was going to serve. And the children and the others immediately started calling her Mama Hannah. She said she knew then 
that she had something to offer. She was a mother, and she knew how to take care of children and care for others. I really felt the Lord spoke to me through Hannah Poe that day, for I too am a mother. A juju to my precious grandchildren. And although I have many, many flaws, maybe I too had something to offer to someone in our church and community. So I went to Roger after that service on February 8th and very emotionally, just like right now, told him that I would serve to the best of my ability. Jim Richardson called me the next day on Monday. I told him the same thing, that I really did not feel qualified to serve at all. And Jim told me, or asked me, if I loved the Lord, loved our church, and the people. And if I did and was willing to serve, that's what I needed. So I stand here today before you, and I'm going to share just a little bit of my testimony. Um... For those of you who don't know me, and Roger's already told you this, I'm Julie Teresa Huggins-Daves. I've grown up in Bowling Springs Baptist Church, born in Bowling Springs in the Old Royster Hospital, lived here all my life, never moved away, went to Gardner-Webb. According to my mother, I was brought to church probably when I was just a week old. I've been here ever since. One of my earliest memories... And for those of us who have grown up in this church, it was a big day when we walked from the old church where the Dover Chapel is today. We walked down here to this new sanctuary, and we were so proud. I was six years old. My brother Paul was five. Catherine was one, I think. I remember Papa Huggins carrying her, and we walk down here. This church was packed. Balcony, everywhere was packed. Very meaningful service. I was baptized here in this church at the age of nine by Preacher Lennons. I have had many wonderful Sunday school teachers, choir teachers. Yes, even my mother is a choir teacher. <laughs> Training union leaders, act teams, GA leaders, One of my memories about training union, and a lot of you don't remember training union, but we came to training union too and Sunday school. And Rachel was one of our training union leaders, and she wanted us to memorize John 3.16. She promised us a prize when we memorized and could recite that verse from memory. I finally memorized it and was so proud. And Aunt Rachel had this little box, our prize wrapped, And I was so excited, I thought it was a little watch. It was a little box of chocolates. And if you were at her service yesterday, you know how much she loved chocolate, and I do too. So John 3.16 is still one of my favorite Bible verses. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That also was one of Aunt Rachel's favorite Bible verses that Jim talked about yesterday at her service. Our parents brought us to church. We were here when the doors were open. We rarely missed. I can tell you that if we weren't in church, our parents weren't happy, especially Mama. On one occasion, Daddy was going to take us out on the boat fishing. And Mama thought we should wait till after church. But Daddy said he was going to take us fishing anyway. Mama came to church. We went fishing. We thought it was the most wonderful thing ever to miss church because we rarely got to miss church. I can honestly say to this day that our mother still calls us if we miss church. And one of the funniest stories about Daddy was when Catherine and Donnie missed church one Sunday. Daddy called them and disguised his voice as Carol Page. (laughs) 
and told Catherine in Carol Page's voice, it sounded just like Carol Page, that he had missed them in church that Sunday. Well, it was hilarious. Catherine really thought it was Carol Page until Daddy started laughing. Not only did Mom and Daddy call us if we missed church as we got older and were married and out of the house, but after Bill and I got married, we had Mama Ruth and Papa Mackey living right beside us, making sure we knew about every service. We joke about this today, but I can honestly say that I truly appreciate our parents raising us in a loving Christian home where we learn the importance of going to church and being involved in the ministries of the church. Mama helped with Vacation Bible School, Tall Sunday School, VBS parades, going with Mama and all of the Circle Club members. I know Celeste remembers this too. We'd go pick up all the older ladies that could, didn't, couldn't drive and we would have meals down here in the fellowship hall. And it was so much fun. We also took trips across the river to go play bingo at the Bowling Springs Rest Home. Um, as I got older, watching my parents continue and grandparents continue to serve in the church, watching Daddy serve as a deacon, taking that job very seriously. And as Daddy got older after he retired, taking such care of our church, making sure the thermostat was just right for every event, just like my Papa Huggins had done years before. And now Jimmy Beeson does the exact same thing, just like Daddy did. Uh, I can remember helping my Papa Huggins clean this church. We had to scoot on our stomachs from the back pew with a big long broom and I can still remember cleaning under the, under the pews because he, he helped clean the church. I also remember him wanting us to make sure the hymnals and the Bibles were in order in the pews. I still look for that when I come in on Sundays. <laughs> um, so I was brought up in a loving Christian family where service to the church was important. I had many wonderful examples. And so I chose to begin to I chose to start serving myself without being told to do so. I began teaching preschool, Sunday school. I don't remember, 16 or 17 years old. I was young. I was a teenager. I really can't remember how old I was, but I've always loved kindergarten, Sunday school. Um, in the fall of 1979, Jane Nolan. I don't know. Is Jane here today? Oh, well, there she is. Jane called me and said she had somebody she wanted me to go out with, this young man that worked at Lutz Oil Company. I said, well, Jane, I'll go out with him, but I'm not wanting to date anybody seriously. Um, of course, it was Bill. Bill and I dated from then on, from the moment Jane introduced us, which I had known Bill and his family a long time, even though they weren't in our church, they were in the Methodist church. So Bill and I dated from then on, and I blame Jane for all the children, the grandchildren, everything that, <laughs> it's all your fault, Jane. But Bill and I were married here in our church in December of 1983 by Preacher Lennon's right here in the sanctuary. After Bill and I married, he started helping us in preschool, Sunday school also. And we continue to do that to this day. All three of our daughters, were born and have been raised in our church. Ashley, Katie, and Laura, all three were baptized here as well. We now have four wonderful grandchildren, all who have been dedicated here in our church and have been ministered to by so many of you. As our children grew up in our church, I began to serve in other ways, co-directing Bible school with Teresa, chaperoning youth, field, youth trips to Caswell with Neil and Wesley, going on world changers and mission-serve mission trips with the youth, helping with many feed-the-flock meals. And if you ever want to serve on a feed-the-flock team, 
with Doug Bryan. He will teach you how to count and make deviled eggs. So ask Doug about that. We've had a lot of fun in serving, in Sunday school, in Bible school, all kinds of ways, all the ministries of our church that I love. I love our church and have tried to serve in many different ways in ministry throughout the years. My testimony is not anything great. I've pretty much always been in church. I've been a Christian since I was nine years old, but I am far from perfect. Um, I'm far from being a perfect person or a perfect Christian. Don't read my Bible nearly enough. In fact, I'm just not a really big reader at all. It's kind of a joke in my family that I can't even be still long enough to read a book. <laughs> but um, I don't pray as well as I should. I hear people pray in church and think, goodness, wish I could pray like them or, you know, their prayers are so meaningful. Um, I don't visit others as often as I should. I make mistakes and say things I shouldn't sometimes. But I will do my best to become a better Christian and to serve our church as a deacon and will do my best to minister to the families on our deacon family ministry teams. Um, I'll go back to the questions Jim asked me when he called me on that Monday. Do you love the Lord? Do you love the Lord? Do you love your church? And do you love the people? I can honestly say yes. I love the Lord. Yes, I love our church. And yes, I love all of you. Thank you so much for your prayers and for being here today and for all your kind words, your encouragement. I still have the feelings of inadequacy, but I will do my best to serve as your deacon. Thank you. That is just the kind of spirit someone needs to be a deacon. Exactly. Kind of spirit a preacher needs. Who am I? <laughs> Julie, thank you for those meaningful words. For what the Lord has meant to you, this place has meant to you, these people have meant to you through the years. Briefly, I'm going to share some things with you about kind of a charge. Um, briefly here. Number one, to keep in mind that the role of a deacon is the role of a servant. You are to serve the people. You're to help them. You're to assist them. You're to minister to them. The Greek word diakonos, where we get ser servant or deacon, means through the dust. That's what it literally means. Like a, a servant following a master behind him. You're following Jesus and you're serving people. It is a role of service to the people, sometimes through wise decision making, sometimes through visitation and caring, but it is a servant role. You need to remember that you come to this role because these people chose you. Not all these people are wrong. <laughs> and uh, they chose you because they see these qualities in you. I think another thing to remember is you're never not a deacon. Now, you may not be active, but once your term is over, that doesn't mean you're not a deacon anymore. You're always an active, uh, uh, an, a deacon. And also that you serve this community. Your Christian witness goes beyond these walls. So that Christian witness is not only to the people here, the church here, but to your community. Do you believe there's people in this community that are not a part of this church that know you're being ordained today? Yes, they do. So your ministry is to them, and that Christian witness goes to them. Fourthly, I would say just keep close to the Lord. Keep close to him through prayer. Always remember his call to you. Think of his love for you. 
his commands to you, just keep close to him. He is with you all the way. That's what the Bible says. Another thing to keep in mind, Julie, is because you are a deacon now, people will come to you that didn't come to you before. They will come to you with their thoughts. They will come to you with their opinions because of the office you hold. Just keep that in mind. They will come to you for advice. And so you will know how to treat that. Next, one of the greatest calls of a deacon is to promote church unity, to keep these people working together in one accord. That was the great call in Acts 6. There was two groups, two ladies groups, one Hellenist, one Hebrews, who were fussing about one group was being favored over the other, and the deacons intervened. They came and calmed the waters. And you see in verse 7 that I read today where the Lord blessed, the Lord put folks together because of the work of the deacon, promote church unity. Next, treat everybody the same. Everybody in this church is precious. It doesn't matter how old they are, how long they've been here or not been here, what their past is, be it checkered or not. Everyone is precious in God's sight. So we treat everybody the same, love everybody the same, care for everyone the same. Next, support and pray for the leadership of this church. When I say leadership, I mean leadership in all areas. Spiritual leadership is not easy. It's a great challenge. And the, and the work of all the deacons is to support and pray for the leadership of the church. And if, the, if your role is one of a servant, never lose the spirit of humility. And I think you got that. <laughs> uh, I felt the same way when I felt called into the ministry. I said, who am I kidding? You know, that won't happen. Well, it did through the help of the Lord. And the last thing to remember is what you know. These people love you. They care for you. They want you to succeed. I remember the first few times when I preached, and it was a very new thing to me, and I was very intimidated by it. My preacher told me something that I'll never forget. He said, Jim, when you stand before church, even as their pastor or as a visitor or giving a testimony, these people want you to succeed. They're not out there saying, let's watch or mess up, you know. No, they want you to succeed. They are for you. They love you. They want you to do well. And you will. And you will. You look in your bulletin and you see a responsive challenge. I'll read the first part. You read the bold print. The office of deacon is that of a servant called to serve with a servant's heart. The deacon sees a need and responds to that need in the name of the Lord. The deacon helps the people of God to bear their burdens. The deacon enables the church by giving support to those called to serve as shepherds of the church. And to Julie, the job of caring for the community of believers that we call the church is an awesome and holy responsibility. You are called of God and chosen by these people to serve. Do you accept this call to service? We are one body of Christ. Let us love and serve each other with a holy passion before God, living and serving in such a way that when we stand before God, he will be able to say, well done. God bless you. In just a moment, I'm going to escort Julie to the rail here. She will kneel. And I'm going to ask those who choose to 
lay hands on Julie if you will leave wherever you are and go this way and come down this aisle so we won't have a traffic jam <laughs> and come by this way to lay hands on her. You may want to say a sentence prayer or whatever you want to say. And uh, I will be the last in line. This church has a wonderful tradition, I think, that anyone who is a special friend, anyone who feels led to, can join this line and lay hands on Julie. It's not just for the ordained. It's not just for former preachers or deacons. Anyone who feels led to want to be a part in laying on hands of Julie, that you're welcome to do that. in a prayer of dedication for Julie and her ministry here. Then we'll have the invitation hymn. Let's bow together. Father, now be with Julie. Give her grace. Give her strength. Give her your truth. Give her the presence of your spirit. Help her to know, Lord, that she is qualified to do this because she is your child. Lord, you will give her all she needs to be who you would have her to be in this church as a deacon. Bless us and guide us. These saints who ask in thy name, amen. Our invitation hymn is 486, Lord, Here Am I. All right, let's all stand together. 486, Here Am I. This is very appropriate.
God bless each one of you. It's been great to be in the house of the Lord today. I want to ask Julie to stand here. Some folks may want to say a few more things. Bill, you come stand with her here. Help her out here. <laughs> God bless you. And they're going to come down in just a minute. I'm going to pronounce a benediction. Y'all stand here and just receive their encouragement and their love. Let's bow together for a closing prayer. Father, we're thankful for the blessings of this service. We're thankful for Julie and her humble spirit, her desire just to serve. That's all it takes, Lord, an open heart to be willing to try. And Father, give us that spirit churchwide that we might be humble and might try, Lord, to serve you the best we can. Bless our church in the days ahead. These things we ask in thy name. Amen. You have been listening to the worship service at Boiling Springs Baptist Church, located at 307 South Main Street in Boiling Springs, North Carolina. Come and worship with us at your next opportunity. Thank you for listening.